If you, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We'll be down in verses uh, 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 13. Be down in verses 15 and 16. Uh, and let's stand together and read this passage. Through Him, that is Christ, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. For the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at things that uh, that please the Lord in, in order for us to handle spiritual warfare well. Uh, for us to do that, we've got to fight well. And the Lord tells us how to fight in these battles, how to fight as His uh, soldiers. And He says, good soldiers strive to do what is pleasing to the one that soldiered them, the one that enlisted them, the one that chose them to be soldiers, that made them soldiers. So then the question becomes, what is pleasing to our God then? If we're going to handle spiritual warfare well, and we've got, that means we've got to be soldiers that seek to please our God what's pleasing to Him. Uh, and we know uh, that we've been made pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. That's not in doubt. We know the work of Christ is what has made us pleasing to God. But God also tells us to live lives that are pleasing to Him in Christ or because of Christ. In other words, uh, as His soldiers, uh, pleasing God is not just done through us uh, staring at Christ's navel, uh, but actually doing uh, the work that Christ has called us to do, that He set us free to do, to live lives uh, of righteousness, free to live those lives. Now that we are pleasing to the Lord, we seek to live those pleasing lives. That pursuit is part of what prepares us for spiritual warfare. But again, we don't want to think of spiritual warfare purely as defensive. We want to be on the offensive in terms of spiritual warfare. Uh, so we started to ask what was pleasing to God, what's pleasing to God so that we can fight well. We saw the fear of the Lord is pleasing to God, that when we have faith in God, because we're amazed by His glory and holiness, that pleases the Lord. Uh, so that's one of the things we've got to have. We're going to fight spiritual warfare well. And then we saw uh, uh, the last couple of weeks something that pleases the Lord is when we love God and love others. That that is pleasing to the Lord. That sort of summary of the entire law, the, the entire Old Testament. I'd add to that the entire New Testament as well. Uh, and so we've been looking at what are some pleasing things that fit under those two categories. So if, if you've got this real general sort of summation of God's word, which is love God and love others, uh, what things fit under those categories of love God? What sort of things where it says, uh, this is pleasing to the Lord. And you go, okay, I could see how that would fit under the category of loving God. Or this is pleasing to the Lord. And I can see how that would fit under the category of, of loving others. And so we, we started uh, looking at some things that are uh, that were pleasing to the Lord. And today we're going to uh, continue that, but uh, we're going to do it with this passage here uh, that is going to have both, that has both of those things uh, in there. And we're going to say that this is pleasing to the Lord and, and thus what we want to do to be good soldiers in battle. This passage in Hebrew thir Hebrews 13 shows us things that both are love about loving God and things that are about loving one another. And so this Hebrews 13 passage is going to actually be a great passage for us to look at to prepare ourselves uh, for battle. So it's because it's going to have both loving God uh, and loving others. So let's look at that passage again uh, and then we'll start to, to break it down. So let's, let's read it as a whole uh, and then and then see how, how this pleases the Lord. Uh, Through Him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, uh, 
that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So what is pleasing to God? So these are the sacrifices that are pleasing to God. So if we're trying to please the one who's enlisted us, here's a passage where the one who's enlisted us says, here are things that are pleasing us. And he gives us three things here that are, are pleasing. He gives us praise, uh, this continual praise of God, uh, not neglecting to do good, and not neglecting to share. Uh, Paul says here that those things are sacrifices that are pleasing to God. Uh, and it's easy, when you look at it, it's easy to see how those would fall into the categories of love God or love others. You could look at that and say, oh, well, they, clearly, you know, of those things, you can put this one over here and, and that, one, uh, that one over there. The first one's clearly oriented toward loving God. The, the idea that his praise would continually be on our lips, that sacrifice of praise to God. The, the last one, uh, clearly loving others, share uh, what you've got. The, the question might be the middle one, you know, uh, you know where, do, where would you put that? It's a uh, is it sort of a general do good, do righteousness, which would fall more under the loving God category? Or is it more of a uh, do good, like a do good to others sort of uh, of passage? And uh, you know me, I'm going to say the answer to that is what? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say the answer is that yes, I'm not sure it really matters. If, you want, if, you want to, if you're trying to put all of the Bible into one of those uh, two categories there, if, whichever one you wanted to put it in, I'd go, sure, that sounds fine to me. Or if you wanted to say, I think it captures both, I'd say, good. Because the truth is, uh, there are plenty of verses that tell us that you should do good uh, oriented toward loving God. We looked at a lot of those about obeying the Lord. And plenty of passages that say you should do good to others. Uh, so it's not like where you put this passage is going to sway. You know, if you put it in the love God, God camp. It's not like you're, you're going to see, oh, well, then there's nothing else in the Bible telling us to do good to others. Uh, or if you put it in the, in the do good to others, uh, it's not, you go, oh, well, there's really nothing in the Bible that tells us we should be righteous. Uh, wherever you put it, you've got plenty of verses uh, to say the same thing on the other side. So if you, if you want to please the Lord, what should you do? What is Hebrews telling us here uh, that we should do? Let's look at these three things that please the Lord. Okay, so the first thing is, it pleases the Lord when... Because of Christ, we praise God continually. So if we're, if we're trying to fight spiritual warfare, where, what type of soldier should we be? We should be a soldier who, because of Christ, praises God continually. Look at what it says in verse 15. Through Him that is through Christ, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is... The fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Now, we know that Christians are to, are to, uh, to be living sacrifices. And, and often we wonder, what does that mean? You know, in, in Romans 12, when it says that we're to be these living sacrifices, what does that look like? Well, here we get an example of this continual sacrifice that our Christian life is supposed to be. Here it's a sacrifice of praise. So if we're supposed to be, uh, if our lives are supposed to be these living sacrifices, what should that look like? Well, you should be giving, your life should be a sacrifice of continual praise to God that comes off your lips. In fact, he says, this is just the fruit of our confession of his name. He says, this, this sacrifice of praise just comes, it's just a fruit that happens when we confess. I don't like the translation acknowledge, I don't think it's great translation. When we, lie, when we confess his name. So in other words, if you're confessing his name, a natural fruit of that confession that will grow out of your mouth will be this sacrifice of praise, will be this continual fruit of 
praise. But just because it's natural, I mean, just because it's a fruit that's going to be there doesn't mean it's not pleasing to God when we do it. So even though the Lord says, hey, this is a natural fruit, He still calls on us and says, hey, it is pleasing when you give that sacrifice. Now He says, that sacrifice is going to happen. This will, be the, um, the, this will be the fruit from the lips of those who confess Christ's name, but it is still a sacrifice that is pleasing to the Lord. We know that everything we do as believers, everything we do is a fruit of what He has done for us and in us. That's true of everything. But those fruits are still pleasing to Him. And we're still called to, to cultivate, to mature, to perfect that fruit. And here we see that. If you, if you want to fight well against evil, if you want to be able to handle evil that is thrown against you, sort of in that defensive mode, evil's thrown against you, you want to handle it. Or if you want to take the battle to evil, then one of the things that must be in your life is you need to have a life of continual praise of God. Continual praise that is birthed out of what God has done for you in Christ. It is only, as it says, it is only through Him that we're able to offer up this continual praise. Which again, why Zach's sermon two weeks ago was so great. Because the gospel is, and we've mentioned this before, the the way we like to say it, the gospel is the source and sustenance of all of our works. You would have no good work if it were not for the source of the gospel to create those good works in you. And it is the work of the gospel that sustains you to continue to do those good works. The, the gospel is everything for the Christian. It, it, the gospel is what gives our mouth the confession. And it is our life in the gospel that then continues that confession. So the gospel gives our mouth the confession and then the gospel gives our mouth the continuation of that confession. But if we confess Christ... Hebrews says there's no reason for praise to not constantly be coming from us to God. For us to have this, this to continually be offering up a sacrifice. That's one of the reasons uh, we read the Psalms that we did. It's one of the reasons we sang the Psalms that we did is because in those Psalms, what did, did you notice over and over? It was things are not great, but you are. And when things are great, You are. And when things are not great, you are. And so I will sing no matter what is going on. It may be darkness, but I will awaken the dawn. When the dawn comes, it will come with your songs on my lips. I don't stop singing just because I'm in the storm. And here we see. Why? Why? Because that's part of the... that, That psalmist there is just showing, David, is just showing how what a good soldier of the Lord looks like. Continual praise. He's coming, the darkness is coming against him. And yet, what is he doing? He is still praising God. Does he have questions? Yes. Is he wondering when the storm is going to stop? Yes. Is he saying that it's very hard? Yes. But what is he not doing? He's not stopping his praise. If you want to handle sin well, if you want to handle temptation well, or you want to go and you want to fight the temptation that is coming against your children uh, or against your home or whatever, you want to go on the offensive against it, or you're in the midst of the defensive, what you need to do, what always needs to be true of us, is we need to have lips of continual praise of God. Such a life is, is pleasing to God, it says. And that means it's essential for our spiritual battles. Because a good soldier seeks to please the one who's enlisted him. Pleases the Lord when Praise is continually on our lips, but it, it's not just uh, praise that God uh, that God calls for. 
Now, there is also a call for us not to neglect certain things. So the first thing is sort of this, do uh, this, continue to do this. And the second thing is, don't do this. Don't do these things. So this is, this is a reverse. Normally, it's put off and put on. Here we see a put on and, a, and make sure you don't, uh, you don't put off. Uh, in, verse, in verse 16, we're going to see two things that we're supposed to not neglect to do. Don't neglect to do these two things. Look at verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Don't neglect to do good. Don't neglect to share. Those are sacrifices that are pleasing to the Lord. These sacrifices are, are pleasing to our God. I, I want to begin with that, with that charge because that's really the main charge in this section, which is don't neglect. I think that's very helpful in terms of spiritual battle and spiritual warfare and uh, trying to be delivered from the evil one. Is one, of our, one of our problems uh, that we've got to recognize is, as Christians is, is not that we don't know what to do. One of our, our chief problems is not that we don't know what to do, but that we neglect doing what we know we should be doing. That's our problem. The problem isn't that God needs to come and tell us, do good. The problem isn't that God needs to come and tell us, share, and we go, oh, I should share. Oh, I should do good. I didn't realize that. Why didn't you tell me before the fight happened? The problem is we neglect to do things. This word is often translated as don't neglect, is often translated as forget. It's the word translated forget when it says that the disciples had forgotten the bread. Or in James when it says a man looks in the mirror and immediately forgets what he looks like. Our problem is not that we don't know. Our problem is that we forget. And again, if you want to please God, don't think it's, a, it's going to be about doing what you don't know to do yet. When, you're, when it comes to pleasing God, it's not just about, you, you're going to have to learn new things that you didn't know. A lot, of, a lot of the battle to please the Lord is going to be done in you not neglecting, not forgetting to do what you already know to do. Don't neglect. So, so many battles in your life are not lost because you didn't have, that God didn't give you the walls to prepare for the battle. So many battles are lost because you left the door open. You forgot. Things you forgot to do, that you neglected to do. And for most of us, the, the pleasing thing to do, we already know. M- many times, now there are times that we don't know what's pleasing. We've got to grow and we've got to learn. But a lot of times, the problem is we're just neglecting to do what we know we should be doing. We just need to start doing it. Many times, it's the case with husbands. And I tell them what they need to do to be a good husband. And their answer isn't, I had no idea. You know what their answer often is? When I say, you should be doing this. You know what their answer is? I know, right? You talk to a wife and you say, hey, you know, uh, maybe, you know, this is what you should be doing as a wife or, or don't do that. And what do they do? They don't go, I didn't know that. They go, I know. Husbands, wives, kids, a, a lot of what you need to be to be a faithful Christian and to be pleasing to the Lord and to prepare yourself to be delivered from evil is just doing what you already know to do. As we say in the foundry, we need to beware forgetfulness. It's a great danger. And here he says, don't forget to do these two things. Don't forget to do good and don't forget to share. And that's what we're going to look at. So what are we supposed to not neglect doing? It pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to do good. 
don't neglect to do good. So it, it, it pleases the Lord when in Christ or because of Christ, we praise God continually. It pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to do good. So that's the second thing. Don't neglect to do good. Again, what does it mean to uh, do good? Does it mean uh, sort of doing the right thing? Does it mean uh, doing good to others? Uh, again, part of the reason it's hard to say which side that goes in is because it pleases the Lord when we do either one of those. The Bible tells us it's pleasing to the Lord when you do good, when you live righteously, and it's pleasing to the Lord when you uh, do good to others. In fact, we're gonna next week we'll see a lot of passages that are about doing good to others. That he says this pleases me, and it's passage after passage of do this for others and don't forget to do this to them, and and that's pleasing to the Lord. Uh, we know God likes it when we. Well, here's a. Uh, we'll give you one from First uh, Chronicles twenty nine seventeen. Uh, that we know God loves it when we do good, when we keep His commandments. I know, uh, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness, remember that's the word for straight. In the uprightness of my heart, I've freely offered all these things, and now I've seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. When you do good, it pleases God. And when you do good to others, it pleases the Lord. I mean, we're going to see one of those in just a second. When you offer up the sacrifice of, of sharing, sharing, that's doing good to others. We know that pleases the Lord. Again, we're going to have a whole list next week. So, so if, if someone were to ask me where do I put this, I'd say, yeah, yeah. So it pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord when we do good. You want to be ready for the fight against evil. Don't neglect to do what you know you're supposed to do. Whether it is doing good toward God, living the righteousness that He has told you about, loving Him, and if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if you love God, it's going to be doing what He has said. That is pleasing to Him. Don't forget to do good. Don't forget to do the good toward God that you know you should do. Don't forget to do the good toward others that you know you should do. Don't forget to do good. And again, that don't neglect is important here. Because it means there might be a tendency for us to neglect this. There is a tendency and enough of a temptation for Christians to forget to do good. Which seems like counterintuitive for God to have to say, and churches don't forget to do good. And for him to think that's so important, for him to write it, not just in any letter to any church, but in one of the letters that he's going to write to the churches so that all believers for all time might know this. Don't forget, don't neglect to do good. Don't neglect to do the things that you know you should be doing. Don't forget to do them. Good soldiers, prepared soldiers, equipped soldiers, don't neglect doing good. And neither should you. So if you know the good you need to do toward the Lord, make sure you're doing it. You know the good you need to do toward others, make sure you're doing it. And again, this don't neglect is saying you're going to know what it is. You already know what it is. Like if, you're, like if you're a soldier who's passing by the wall and you see the gate open, you see the door open, that soldier knows what he should do. He doesn't have to pull out his manual and say, where is this? In, well, let me go through my list of things. You shut the door. You know the battle's coming. You know you need to armor up. What do you do? You put on the armor. You don't neglect to put on the armor. So much of what we run into in our spiritual battles, when either we're on the defensive and we fail, we're wanting to go on the offensive against it and we're not successful, so much of it goes back to we went into the fight, but we neglected to do good before we did. We neglected to do what we know we need to be doing. We wanted the Lord to answer this or that, but we weren't doing the good that He has told us to do. 
And a consequence of that is uh, the consequences that come when we fail in that, in that battle. So you want to be a good soldier, uh, do good. Don't neglect. So you want to be a good soldier. It's not do good. You want to be a good soldier. Let's be more faithful to the text. You want to be a good, good soldier. Don't neglect to do good. Don't neglect to do good. In other words, you know the good to do, so do it. Uh, but there's another thing that the Lord calls us not to neglect. It pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to share. So verse 16, do not neglect to do good uh, and to share. So that's the other thing we're not supposed to neglect. Don't neglect doing good and don't neglect sharing what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Uh, Sharing uh, the blessings of the Lord has been a a part of the church's life uh, from the beginning. And and I'm, I'm not just talking about the beginning of the New Testament Christian church. I'm saying even uh, the Old Testament Christian church as well. That sharing has always been a part of what God's people uh, did. Uh, for example, you got all sorts of passages in the Old Testament, where the, whether it's you know uh, leaving the edges of the, the fields uh, for the, the, the needy or your tithes being used to, uh, not just to care for the clergy, but to care for the poor and needy. Uh, there's always been this sharing aspect. So you've got this field, you grew it, you put your stuff in it, but here's is sharing the extra blessings that you have uh, with those uh, around. That, that wasn't changed in the New Testament. In the New Testament, they knew they, that they needed to take care of one another, and, and that included quite explicitly sharing from God's blessings. Jesus reiterated this in Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, uh, If you would be perfect, if you, and again, that's that word mature, complete. Remember, he says, I've done, that's why it's important to know that word. He says, I've done everything. And Jesus is basically saying, Well, if you really have done everything, here's what you'll do. Go sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't giving him some sort of uh, extra biblical thing here. He's saying you, you really want to be perfect. You want to, you want to do. You want to be mature. This is what you do. Go sell what you have. Give it to the poor. And the, the early church followed this sort of direction. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Acts chapter 4, you see the same thing. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. So there's thousands of believers, thousands of believers, one heart, one soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. So we we see Christ uh, reiterated, we see the early church doing it, and then we see uh, the church later on, as Paul's writing letters to churches, the early church didn't neglect to do this, and when they didn't neglect to do it, it pleased the Lord. So Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, 16 through 20, we're going to see this church was doing, uh, was not neglecting to do this, and it was pleasing to the Lord. So uh, beginning in verse uh, 16, even in Thessalonica... You sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your, to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So the church, Paul says, the church had shared from their blessings to help Paul. To help Paul to do the, the work that he needed to do. And, and Paul said this was a sacrifice that pleased the Lord. Just like he said in Hebrews. It pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to share. So if you want to be soldiers ready for the fight against the evil one, then we must be soldiers who do not neglect our obligations to one another. In this case, our obligation to share with one another from the flood of blessings that God has given to us. If you're a soldier wanting to be delivered from evil, but you see a brother and sister in need, and you do not share with them from your blessings, then you cannot be surprised when you don't do the pleasing thing to the one who enlisted you, and then something very unpleasing uh, then happens to you. You're ill-prepared for the fight because you are neglecting to do what God has always called His people to do. So we see here three things that please the Lord uh, from Hebrews here. Pleases the Lord when we're continually offering up praise uh, because of Jesus Christ. It pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to do good And it pleases the Lord when we don't neglect to share with one another. So what can we do if that's what those verses have taught us and we've sworn that we will do all that he has called us to do, that all he has spoken we will do, what do we do with this? What are are our uses for this week? Take this, let's apply this and and start to put this to work in our lives. Uh, Again today, we've, we've seen tied together that if you want to please the Lord, if you want to be a soldier ready for battle against the, the spiritual forces that you, that you wrestle against, if you, if you want to handle the demonic uh, more like Simon than the sons of Sceva, right? That's what we're wanting to do. Then you must love God and you must love others. Both of those things are present in that Hebrews text. You cannot think, I'm going to be okay because I love God. So I'm ready. I'm ready for any fight. I'm ready for any struggle. I'm ready for any storm because I love God. And you cannot think, hey, I'm ready for any fight. I'm ready for any storm. I'm ready for any wave. I'm ready for any fiery dart from the evil one because I love others. Both loving God and loving others are an essential part of pleasing the Lord and therefore an essential part of our battle against the evil one. So in terms of evaluating your readiness for battle, I think it would be right for us to ask, do you love God with everything that you are? If you're wanting to look at your life and say, am I battle ready? Your go bag had better be equipped with loving God with everything that you are. If, you, if you're wanting to say, maybe you're not in the midst of a battle right now. Maybe you're, you don't even see a storm on the horizon. Maybe things are so great, you're starting, you want to be the storm uh, to the evil one. And you're looking at your neighbors and you're like, that kingdom belongs to the Lord. Uh, and you're like, I will go and take his gospel there. And we will, we will, we will win that house for the Lord next door. And, uh, and, and you're ready to do it. Whatever it is, you need to look at your life and say, do I love God with everything that I have? Heart, soul, mind, strength. Do I love the Lord with everything? Do I love my neighbor as myself? Look at your life and ask. It's because if you, if you balk at either one of those, if you ask yourself, do I love my neighbors as myself? If you balk, if there's a, a hitch in, in any of those in terms of your, your, your readiness for, for battle, if the, if, if the spirit 
gives you pause in your spirit, then you need to ask yourself why. Because the, the, the weak point in your armor is exactly where Satan has and will attack. Think, I mean, Satan, is real, Satan was crafty from the beginning. Very first person on earth, and he knew how to be crafty. Now he's got 6,000 years of knowledge of us to work with. 6,000 more years. I mean, he can be crafty from day one. And here we've got 6,000 more years of him knowing us. He will find your weak point. And if God, by His grace, has shown you a weak point, and not because a flaming dart of the evil one is sticking out of that spot, you need to thank the Lord and you need to patch your armor. Don't neglect to do any of these. You don't, if you love God, you know your weak spot, loving God or loving others, figure out what it is and obey. The next thing is, we must and you must praise God constantly. You must praise God constantly, continually. If Christ is your confession, then God's praise must be your chorus. Meaning this, it, it must be the refrain of your life that you're always able to go back to. It must be the thing repeated after every verse of your song. Whatever verse the Lord brings your way, the end of that verse, of that story, the end of it, had better be a chorus of continual praise of Him. If Christ is your confession, then God's praise should be your chorus. Whatever, whatever verse God brings to your life, the constant refrain at the end of that verse, whether the verse of your life that you're going through today is a storm, or the verse of the life that you're going through that God has given you today is just a really great day, it, with every verse, the end of that should be praise to God. should be continual praise. And at the foundry, one of our foundations that we preach every week is, why do we sing? And we say, because the joy of the battle is upon us. For us to fight well against evil, we must fight with praise on our lips. If Satan, if Satan wants to knock you out of the battle, he can begin by stopping your praise. Because a soldier who can't sing while fighting is a soldier who will quit fighting. If you can't sing in the midst of the battle, then you'll find out you'll try and get out of the battle. A soldier who can't sing is a soldier who will quit fighting. So we must be a people who continually, who constantly praise God. Whatever verse your life is in, let the chorus be praise. You must not neglect to do good. We must not neglect to do good. Christian, you must not neglect to do good. A soldier is always active. And in this case, one of our soldierly duties we're tempted to forget is, hey, you need to do good. It, is, it pleases the Lord when we don't neglect our duties, our duties to Him, our duty to one another. So look at your life. Don't be a soldier who falls asleep on the watch, who is busy thinking about the complexities of war and forgets the basics of battle. Just do your duty. Just do the good that you know you should do. 
That's it. Don't neglect to do good. It seems so simple. Don't neglect to do good. But it, it is simple. It's simple because the good that each of you has been called to do, the thing that God is teaching each of you and has taught, has taught you at various levels of your maturity, I could start listing good that you need to do. And some of you, it would be a new thing. And some of you, it would be old hat. But if I, if I say to you, do the good that God has shown you, then each of you knows exactly the good that you should do. And each of you knows exactly the good that you're neglecting. And in a room this size, uh, with, we, I mean, we could have 50 people in here and have, you know, 200 different neglections that we're doing. Don't neglect to do what you know you need to do. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is when I say that, you know exactly the thing that you're neglecting. I don't have to come and divine your heart to figure out the thing that you're neglecting. You know if God has told you a good to do and you're not doing it, you know that. Don't neglect to do good, to do good to the Lord God, to do good to others. Whatever it is the Lord has told you to do, don't neglect to do that. And lastly, uh, for a use, you must not neglect to share. Don't neglect to share. Uh, This might seem like something that we uh, are teaching toddler Christians, right? Uh, Now, Christian, don't forget to share. Uh, But here... Uh, in Hebrews, he is. This is not one of the things that Paul is, or that the author of Hebrews lists uh, as the elementary things, right? But don't forget, don't neglect to share. We, you, you are not a singular soldier. You are not the hosts of the army of the Lord. You by yourself. Your family might be an outpost of the kingdom, but your family is not a kingdom unto itself. Your king has equipped you and even blessed you for the purpose of enabling you to share so that other soldiers will have what they need for the fight without the distractions of this world. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8.14. That we remember when we went through 2 Corinthians, I think I looked, I think it was like six years ago. So you all remember it. Pull out your notes and look. Uh, We went through 2 Corinthians and what does it say in 8.14? Your abundance at the present time, should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need that there may be fairness. Our world wants you to be focused on blessing as a purely self-focused gift from the Lord. For us to see it even as God's blessings, but see it as God's blessings just to us and for us. But that has never been how God has viewed His blessings to His people. Even His blessings to Israel were blessings that were supposed to teach the nations. And they were supposed to use their blessings that way. Now, they did not. They neglected. And here we are taught that there is a temptation to neglect sharing. And again, that that's not just a matter for toddlers. But it's an issue of spiritual warfare. That when it comes to spiritual warfare, Satan will want you to see yourself as alone. He will want you to see the resources that God has given you as yours and only yours for the battle. He will want you to siege up rather than share. Your job, Christian, is not to neglect to do that. 
If you see someone else in the battle, you see someone else in need, don't think, oh, I'm so thankful that I don't have that need because if the battle comes my way, I'll have this. Woo! And I've got it. So, you know, here you are, like if we're, we imagine medieval warfare as we all do all the time. Uh, and, you, you know, you're, you see this castle over here under siege and you see them as, you know, and they're, and they're running out of grain and you're over here and you, you've had seven years of plenty, right? You've had seven years of the fat cow. Uh, and you're over here and you're looking and you're like, man, I'm so glad that when the evil one gets done with them and comes over here, I'll be like, you know, I'll have all this grain and I won't fall. That's not your job. It's easy to do that, though. The Lord says that our abundance at the present time is meant to do what? To supply their need. So that when the evil one does come to us, their abundance may supply our need. Satan wants us to see ourselves as alone. He wants us to see ourselves as as singular soldiers, as lone rangers. But God has equipped you and blessed you for the purpose of sharing. Don't neglect it. You see, you see the need? Make sure you, you share rather than siege up. Okay? Don't neglect to share. So, praise the Lord. Uh, do good. Share. And uh, don't stop any of those things. Don't stop. It's funny. That don't stop has really been the theme of all of those. Don't stop praising. Don't stop doing good. And don't stop sharing. Don't neglect to do any of those things. That is pleasing to the Lord. And so again, it, it's no, no surprise that when we do those things, uh, it pleases the Lord and prepares us for battle. Let's pray. As we prepare our hearts to be obedient to what we've heard, what do you need to be asking the Lord this morning? We take a time to pray and here we are, an entire church coming and asking the Lord. And we might have a whole room full of different asks, different prayers. Do you need to ask the Lord to grow your love for Him? That every every your life is, is not given uh, to Him? Do you need to ask the Lord to grow your love for others? That you don't love others like you love yourself? You need to ask the Lord to plant praise continually on your lips. That it would be a a constant fruit of the lips that confess Christ's name. You ask the Lord to to grow your confession. To grow that fruit that it would be abundant. That it would never dry up or wither. No matter what the environment that you're in. That you you can grow the fruit of praise even in a storm. You can grow the fruit of praise even when your life feels like a desert at that moment. Even when you feel barren and abandoned by the Lord. Still, the fruit of praise will be on your lips. You need to ask the Lord to give you a heart like that? To prepare you for battle like that? Do you need to ask the Lord to help you not neglect to do good? Are there things in your life that you know you need to be doing and, and you don't want to neglect those or maybe you're looking at driving there's not a thing that you know that you need to be doing and, uh, uh, and you're not neglecting you're trying to be obedient and, and, and what the Lord has said you are doing and, and then you need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord make sure there never comes a moment where I neglect to do good where I forget to do good that there's never a time where you tell me hey as my child I want this in your life and you look at that and say I don't want to do that 
I don't want to do that. You should do this toward others. I don't want to do that. You should do this toward me. I don't want to do that. You neglect it. You forget it. Never be a time that you forget the things that he has called you to do. Maybe you have neglected to share. Maybe in all of this talk about battle and fighting, you've been thinking about yourself or your home or your family, your kingdom. Instead of realizing that God has supplied all of us and blessed all of us to help each other in the fight. And we are so afraid of battle that we have holed up very quickly. We have closed our gate and set the bars ready for the siege of Satan to come. And we have forgotten that we're meant to supply the needs of one another. You have turned into a singular soldier, a lone ranger in this fight. And forgotten that you are part of a body. That God has put these people around you and blessed your life so that you might bless others. That you might supply the needs of those who are in the midst of the storm instead of just thanking God that you're not. That you'd pass the umbrella instead of thanking God that when the storm comes, you've got, you've got plenty of umbrellas. Don't neglect to share. Ask the Lord to give you a heart that would look not just inward but outward. That he would prepare you for battle that way. Because your sharing with others is pleasing to the Lord. And that prepares you for the fight that might come your way. And prepares you, thankfully, even for the day that you might be the one in need. Father, we come to you this morning and Lord, we ask. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would be glorified. But Father, in, in our uh, prayers and the things that we are asking you. The, Lord, our, our heart uh, would not be so proud as to think that we are just ready for the battle. But that, Lord, we are taking your text that you have given us and, and we are making sure that our lives are pleasing uh, through you. We're rejoicing to know that our eternity is secure. We are pleasing to you in Christ. But now because of Christ, we want to live these lives that show just how much the righteousness of Christ is at work in us. That it has changed us. And that we are being used by Him to grow the kingdom as He crushes Satan under our feet. Used by Him in this war. So help us, Father, to see those things. And to be pleasing to, the, to you who enlisted us. We are only soldiers because you soldiered us. So Father, may we, may we soldier in a way that brings glory to your name. May we fight in a way that brings glory to the one who made us soldiers. And then equipped us for battle. Please, Father, work this great grace in us as only you can do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.